0: I want to thank you for joining us today on meeting with God meeting with God is the radio teaching ministry of vertical church here in Columbus Ohio we're in the middle of a series called created for glory redeemed by grace and today we're going to listen to the second part of a message called it's all about worship and it is let's open our hearts to God's word we all have Jimmy's in our lives all of us, whether we realize it or not, pastors have Jimmies, you have Jimmies, we all have things in our lives that we allow to kind of sidestep God and become avenues for giving us value that only He can ever give. Now, maybe your Jimmy is your career. Maybe your Jimmy is your spouse, your husband. Maybe your Jimmy is your children. Maybe your Jimmy is your parents. Maybe your Jimmy is your education. Maybe your Jimmy is a football team. But whatever your Jimmy is, no one can give you value like your Heavenly Father. And I'm going to tell you worship and glory to God begins with a full understanding that my value. And all my worship is meant to be directly given and come from my Creator, my Heavenly Father, my God. And I would tell you today, if you've come in here, all of us have brought little jimmies with us. And the sooner that we can lose the jimmies in our lives, the sooner our lives will more fully be devoted to our Heavenly Father, to more fully... Will the glory of God be seen in our lives? Beyond us as individuals, which I just referenced, listen, God created gender. God created marital roles. God created the home. God created the parent-child relationship. God created social relationships. God created the world. God created, you might say, the universe, our environment. All of them to reveal his glory. All of them to bring him glory my heart for us as we begin this new study is to more fully realize that we don't start dealing with how do i fix this in my marriage how do i become a a man whose heart is after god how do i become a woman who raises children that love the lord we don't start there we start at the foundation which is the word worship If this, as we see here in the text, if everything begins with an understanding that God is my creator and God is the one who loves me and is the one who created me and gives me my value, then we're ready to talk about the other topics. But until then, as long as we have jimmies we're holding to, we'll always be waiting for the next heartbreak. Well, we might be asking, well, why, why aren't we living that? Why don't we see the glory of God in our lives more fully? Well, again, we have to understand that we were created to worship and to bring glory to God. We were created with uniqueness. Now, God's plan all along was for us to be creatures that would worship Him, that would fully live for His glory. That didn't happen. Why don't you turn in your Bible to Romans chapter 1? keep a finger in revelation we're coming back to revelation 5 in a few minutes here Romans chapter 1 verse 16 I know I've asked this question I know many of us in our own ways have asked this question So why does my life resemble and reveal so little of God's glory Another way to say it is why is my life broken the way it is Paul tells us here I'm going to begin with the good news then we'll Move from there. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's the best news. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, The righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. But became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And here's the key term. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves... It's interesting here he talks about our bodies. It's the polar opposite of Romans 12, 1, of giving up our bodies as a living sacrifice. But he continues, verse 25, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And here it is. And worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. This is like the... Worst exchange in the history of humankind. Why don't you make a note of this? We chose to pursue degraded worship and dysfunctional glory. I'm going to use our broadly, but we, our humankind, chose to exchange the glory of God and to exchange the truth of God for worship corrupted. No longer based on the glory of God, we chose to worship ourselves and other creatures. Well, notice how that ends. Verse 26 says, For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since that they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They are filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless... Though they know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, Scripture says the wages of sin is death, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. I think what we see here is worship completely corrupted. and It all comes down to what we might call the worst exchange ever. I remember reading a story of a fella. He was apparently ticked off at his wife and uh, he decided that the way he would get back at her was to go into a coin collection she had. She apparently had this really, really old coin collection. And what he did is he just went out for pizza and paid for it with all these old coins at face value—coins that were probably worth thousands of dollars. Just here's 50 cents. Oh wait, you need—I'm sorry—the pizza bill is 13.78 and probably paid with it. But well, how much money? Well, in essence, that's what we did with God. We took the glory of God and exchanged it at terrible value and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. Again, this is the second part of worship. All the problems we see around us come back to the heart of worship. Worship. Each generation has to wrestle through the worship exchange policy that it will live by. I believe the heir of this generation is the pursuit of sameness, sameness. What this generation has done is leave the glory of God and the glory of unique creation that God has created men uniquely, women uniquely, marriage uniquely, roles in marriage uniquely, the role within the family uniquely, even the world itself. God has created uniqueness. And yet, our culture is on a ruthless, heartless, dedicated drive for sameness. Now, here's the truth. Previous generations flipped it the other way. If you think about previous generations and what they did, the error of previous generations was the pursuit of intrinsic superiority. And instead of seeing the uniqueness in each person, we tried to raise ourselves up above others and to look down on some or to force others to look up. We call that today racism. But now we've gone from one ditch to the other ditch and go after this concept of sameness now some might say well what's wrong with sameness isn't that the same as equality well here's the difference listen the beauty of god's creation is that god created each one of us unique and god loves you and you your uniqueness all are equal before god all are equal before the cross But sameness is the concept that we are without distinction or uniqueness in design, that all are the same. Think about those living creatures again. To God, it must look like this generation is consumed with gray, an ever passion to have everything look the same with no distinction with, like how many of us want to go back to black and white TVs? You remember those? You, know, you kind of have to tell your kids about them because, like, they didn't even exist very long when I was alive, but who wants to go back to that? And yet, spiritually, in our worship, our generation is saying, let's go back to sameness. Think about if the living creatures showed up. What would our, what would our generation say to these unique creatures created by God? Dude, dude, lose the wings. You're just like, you're so out of place, man. Like, we got, we got to dinner together and, like, lose the, we was looking at you weird. Like, cover up all those eyes, Listen, we're doing that in our own way. And that is why the glory of God is hindered in our lives. Instead of worshiping God in our created uniqueness, we have gone to the cultural pawn shop and exchanged the glory of God for sameness. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church. You know, I love that you're listening to Meeting with God, but I got a question for you. Are you doing the Christian life in isolation? At Vertical Church Columbus, we live out biblical community not only through our weekend services, but also in grace groups. These small groups meet across the city weekly to encourage one another and care for one another and study God's word together. You know, If you don't have Christians around you in your journey with Christ, let me invite you to Vertical Church. Go to verticalchurch.life. Sameness creates confusion in worship. You know, I was thinking about this. What was the first lie in the uh, Old Testament? The serpent said to the woman, you will be like God. So what God created, as he's our creator, was uniqueness. I'm a creature. I'm loved. I'm created. I'm special. The serpent tried to say, well, let's make it a little more like this. It's a worship problem. We've been living with the results ever since. And our culture is driving for that in every way. A a sense of sameness. We're all the same. We are equal. We are not the same. And I'll tell you, as long as a culture craves for sameness, it will live in the ditch that God will allow it to go into. But that's not God's heart for the church. I'll tell you what, if we stopped here at the end of Romans 1, pretty dark, pretty dark. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The question is, is glory reachable? Can we again see the glory of God in our lives? Now I realize this text is talking about non-believers, but the truth of the matter is all of us at one time or another in our lives have pursued degraded worship. All of us. And as sinners... We we as believers still have a worship problem, amen. At least I see that in myself. Don't leave me up here, right? God's word says there is hope. Why don't you turn back to Revelation? Look at chapter five. Verse one. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has conquered. So that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And Between the throne and the four living creatures, and among the elders I saw a lamb standing. This is symbolically referencing Christ. I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Again, symbolic. And they sang a new song, saying... Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed or redeemed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation and you made them a kingdom and priest to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and might forever and ever the four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and worshiped listen the key word in this whole chapter is the word redeemed that's the last major move in this concept of worship until Jesus Christ comes back the word redeemed means to purchase or to uh, to buy back I love how it says here, look in verse 10. It says, you have made them, the people of God, to be a kingdom and priests to our God. Hey, that's you and me. That's you and me. You know, the beauty of what God has done is that God created us, that we are unique, that God has made each of us with a special purpose, that God loves us, that God cares for us, that we have a special design. Then we corrupted that by exchanging the worship of Almighty God so that we could worship creatures even ourselves. But the glory of the gospel is that the Lamb, Jesus Christ, came and redeemed us from our depravity. Christ redeemed you by grace and restored you to true worship and glory. You might call these three passages the three major moves of human history. Creation, depravity, and redemption. Notice that all three of them are directly linked to worship. So here's the question for us. As a redeemed creature, now a member of the kingdom of God and a priest to the living God, isn't it, isn't it crazy that God, this, this just should blow our minds. You think of a priest, right? You think of somebody that's holy, that's set apart, that's dedicated to worship. Isn't it amazing that that God sent his son to grab a hold of us, to make us depraved creatures, priests to the living God? Does anybody get the awesomeness of that? Here's the question that we should be asking, though How do I live for the glory of God as a lifestyle of worship? How do I do what Romans chapter 12 said when it says to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship? How do we live out this sense of worship as redeemed people? How do we reorient our minds and our hearts to live and reveal the glory of God in every way? Scripture tells us that we are a New creature in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. But here's again the question. How do we live like that? How do we live like that? How do we fully live for the glory of God exactly how we've been created? Sometimes that's hard. How do we, how do we engage that? I read a story of a man. His name is Michael May. Michael regained his sight at age 45. he was blind for 42 years. When he was three years old, he lost his sight and lived blind for 42 years before he was went through an operation that he was able to actually regain his sight. Now, prior to Michael's surgery, there had been about 40 cases of sight restored to patients, and they described what it was like for people to regain their sight at first, they would experience euphoria as light rushed into their repaired eyes. They saw color, they saw motion immediately. Everything was new and exciting. Then frustration set in. As they began to have to deal with uh, now, motion and, and light and having to understand gender through sight and having to understand all these things, motion and it quick the quickness of it and seeing the moon almost appeared like a nightlight, but it's not. And depth perception and so many of these things that they reported that some of these patients became extremely frustrated. They felt like they were no longer they weren't living in the world of sight fully. And neither were they living in the world of their blindness. The comfort or the life they had kind of developed. Now all their senses were confused and disoriented. Not only that, but the family members of these individuals who regained their sight were often very disappointed and crushed by how slow their family member now was sight struggled with the ability to live with sight. But they said that Michael's case was different. When doctors finally removed the surgical bandages from his eyes, just like the other patients, he couldn't perceive space or see height or distance, depth, three-dimensional shapes. But unlike the other patients, Michael didn't get discouraged. Instead, he approached his new world with an attitude of adventure and childlike wonder. Michael knew that learning to see again would not involve just one magical operation. He would have to learn to grow, to take risks, to change. He began to pepper his wife with questions like, What's this? What's that? Is this that, step? Is that a flower? Is that a painting? Can I feel it? Can I touch it? Let me get into a car. He, This was great. He rode elevators time and time again just so that he could then come to the bottom and it would open up into the lobby again. And again, and again. He continued to struggle for a while, as all patients did, seeing high-speed events like, again, passing cars and bicycles, which could often be frighteningly close. But the thing that got Michael through was he determined that he would treat this reorientation process as an adventure, not as a frustration. I want to tell you this. In our lives, as we seek to live for the glory of God as redeemed believers and also in the roles that God has given us as a man or a woman, as a husband or wife, as a parent or a child, in many other different ways. Just like getting your sight back, getting your spiritual sight back often is a process and often a frustrating process before we're able to more effectively live for the glory of God. But here I wanna remind us, it begins with worship. And I would challenge you as we go through this series first, let's set our hearts to worship God as never before, as our creator and our redeemer. Listen, that's the two themes in heaven, worshiping God as creator and as redeemer. And the amazing thing about what God does is God takes what he created and we corrupted, he by grace recreates. And I want to look at that for the next few months. What does it mean to be a recreated? Everything I am, everything you are. But we have to embrace the fact that it's an adventure. God's calling us to respond to his grace and to let him teach us to see. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio, located at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Meeting with God is a listener-supported ministry which strives to share the good news of Jesus Christ each day. Our prayers at this radio program will lift people's eyes and hearts to our Savior, Jesus. If you would like to be a part of the Meeting with God team of financial donors who make this ministry possible, please visit our website, verticalchurch.life. We are thankful for your partnership in the gospel. And as always, we hope to meet you back here at the very same time tomorrow for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.